Greetings everyone, welcome to episode 93 of Salt Ships and Scalibur, a World of Warships podcast. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Captain Green, and before I even ask how he is, before I even mention that today I am sweltering through our hottest day in summer of 38 degrees Celsius, I just want to bring a smile to Greeny's face. I would like to get a flamethrower with an inexhaustible amount of fuel and light up every spider within Australia. That is all I'm going to say. Some of these are big effers. If you ever come down here, Greeny, I hope that one of them jumps on you. They are so effing large. It'll give you a cuddle. It both, its bite won't kill you, but it will make sure that you never want to go near anything with eight legs again. How are you doing, my wonderful co-host? First off, I'm just bringing a gun if I go to Australia. <laughs> and when I get to customs, wait, like, wait. I go, today, mate, shrimp on the barbie. You can't have it here. Uh, Fosters, I'm just going to be like, yeah, I don't. I don't care. You have rats the size. You have uh, spiders the size of rats. They're getting a nine mil. I don't. Yeah, care. no, no. The spiders are good here. They're better than the players. They just dodge. <laughs> so bring a case of ammo too, I guess. <laughs> well, hey, look, we lost a war to the emus. They dodged even better. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, flamethrowers don't bring bullets. Just bring. Uh, liquid petroleum that will burn every every insect or animal doesn't like fire that that is that is my theory so if you burn them all rather than shooting it is a much more and look you, you might be impartial to the crispy taste of charred spider maybe i don't want to find out though <laughs> how you doing brother how's your week been I am good. I so I've gotten a whole bunch of people who uh, DM'd me, uh, wishing me luck for my job. I just wanted to take a moment and thank everybody for that. Uh, I did get moved on to kind of, I, I guess, stage two. Again, I haven't really worked a white collar job, so my interactions. And the hiring process for a lot of my previous jobs has been me shaking somebody's hand, somebody already knowing who I am and my level of work, and then they tell me to show up on Monday at 5 a.m. You know, I'm, I'm not used to multiple rounds of interviews. So it's an enriching experience, but it's also a very stressful experience. So I have the second round this Wednesday, and hopefully that goes well. And... Uh, Hey, if I get out of here, I can finally afford to send you something as opposed to me just begging you every few months for uh, Tim Tams. Oh, I haven't and... seen Tim Tams in a while. Maybe I'll send you some chili Tim Tams. And I, you know, can start making money, going out, supporting, you know, the Bruins, stuff like that, doing all the stuff that I want to do that I'm just unable to do due to my non-existent income. Fair enough. Fair enough. What do you, I, I've realized most of the, this is a gen, generic side topic, but I was thinking about it when I woke up this morning. Most of your most popular US sports is actually played in the winter because you've got your basketball, you've got your gridiron, American football, and you've got your ice hockey. Yes, there's baseball, which is a spring summer sport, but is there anything else that you play? You might do soccer in the summer, but Am I missing something, or are, are, are most of your sports more winter-based? Uh, there's a good amount of sports all around. Um, I think hockey is, like, the longest season because, I mean, we're in, like, week 16 of our fantasy hockey league, and we're about halfway through the season. 
Um, so, you know, th there's that. Um, and, but no, you're, you're kind of right. Football tends to boil over into the, you know, fall, winter, um, the soccer schedule, depending on where you are, because there's a whole bunch of different leagues that I follow for soccer and they they play pretty consistently all around the year. Um, yeah, I, I would say a lot more of them are, are like, uh, uh, autumn focused, I guess. That's fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, we've we had a good bit of feedback. I'm I'm sure you still got some. I, I got some feedback around that you were wrong about the um, battle pass. That there are players that can't play in clan battles or ranked, and the battle pass was a nice, easy way to get coal and steel. It cost them a bit of money, but it allowed them to go through the. The battle pass because they didn't have the commitment to be able to do clan battles or play ranked so i, I thought that was good feedback another point in my column um but it, it's a fine line you're always going to have extremes of it's, it's like ranked that i still don't know why we have time zones um eight hours or seven hours of no ranked it, it's just it's just stupid it, it's online game leave it up 24 7 if people want to wait in the queue just let them wait Mm. The, I, had, I had a few very interesting discussions uh, pertaining to that. Um, I, I got a few of the same points. Um, and there, there's actually one thing here that was brought up that I do want to clarify. There was a, a viewer who messaged me saying that I was a little bit of a hypocrite because how can I say that, you know, I don't have, I'm not a, a top 1% player when I have everything in the Christmas crate pool? which I thought was a really good point. Um, but I, I did want to, you know, how do I say this? Emphasize, there we go, that's a word. Uh, <laughs> emphasize the fact that I was mainly referring to all of those clan battles resources when I said yep. I'm definitely not the 1% for that. But uh, yeah, I just I just felt the need to, to kind of have that discussion because yeah, I definitely, you know, I have a lot of premium ships. I have a lot more premium ships than probably a lot of people do in the game. But um it's not the case when it comes to like reward ships or not not reward ships uh resource ships so that's fair enough that's fair yeah. enough and we, we did have some interesting feedback Rini last week used the analogy to describe something as um phil the electrician is home from work with a broken leg and does nothing but play a world of warships all day but we had a pretty funny story there didn't we greenie Yes, we did. I, I was howling from that. We uh, we had a gentleman message me here. Let me let me pull up the screenshot so I so I know I say this correctly. Um, it was it was very very funny. Um, Mr. Snipe around. I'm going to use uh, his name, but he said, "Yeah, I did want to say that when Greeny was talking about people with too many resources, and he used the random example of Phil the electrician broke his leg, so he gets to play worship all day." I would like to say that my name is Phil and I am an electrician. And then Griefer, being the incredible gentleman that he is, asked if he broke his leg and played warships all day. And <laughs> the gentleman said no, that he does not. So, um, so, so sorry, uh, Phil. Look, look, Phil's, uh, Phil's got a life goal here. He's going to break his leg somehow and then play warships all day. And that, that way, Greeny, Greeny's analogy will be accurate. Who was who was That's the guy true. that um, the US media used to go to 
at election time. It was was it a Sparky or a Farmer or something? I have no idea who you're talking about. It's probably six or seven years ago. He he did something outside, and um, anyway, doesn't matter. Um, it's probably beyond your memory, but um, yeah, that, that one was a pretty funny one. So thank you to everyone for your feedback um, and for those that answered the, the question of the week. I've sent a few codes out um, and Greeny will send out a few codes. So they are coming. We Greeny's worked out where the codes are on the code spreadsheet. So um, they will be coming on. Now, this is the last week for patch 13.1 i anticipate in about three four days we'll get the next patch there's nothing i can't see anything in the change log or anything but i hope it's not the second week of feb like into the 15th or so that that, that would be a long patch drop um but in case i'm wrong i could be wrong i'm expecting the patch and we'll go through potentially what you have to finish out to Beyond that, um, if, if Green's got the client open, he could tell us if there's anything in there about um, completing Dockyard by a date. That would generally be a good indication of when the patch will end. But um, currently we have a bounty event on now. Captain Green, do you know about the bounty event? Yeah. Sorry, that was a very loud reply of something and then quiet. Oh, sorry. I said yes. I um, got asked to be part of the bounty event. Oh, cool. Uh, I said no. What? Yeah. I, um, I, once again, with, with job and um, a few applications that we're doing here in the Bonks community and, and a few other things, I just have a very full plate. So I decided to focus on, you know, my future yep. and uh, a few of these other pressing matters as opposed to playing <laughs> in a bounty event. Now, with that being said... These events are incredibly fun on both sides. I, so, I agree. I, I, I am I am a bounty at the around. moment, so I, I have enjoyed being a bounty. I'm not going to lie, it's it's been a lot of fun um, having people. Oh, look, some games most people play nicely, but when you sometimes you got a CV, there have been games where I'm trying to grind because I'm doing the the research bureau resets. We just had a double reset last week, and I've been I was doing the Japanese BB line. I was playing Azuma, and I had nothing but one. Immelman for one game he just flew his planes to me each and every time he didn't get the kill in the end but he wasted every strike on me because he wanted the bounty yeah that that is something that does come out to a t um during this is you, you will have people who just hard focus coincidentally it's the same thing um i, I know i play a lot of war thunder i know griefer doesn't but uh, a new event just dropped and much like the bounty event, the event War Thunder, you know, they're, they're, it's a big event with, a, with prizes and stuff. It tends to drag people out of the woodworks. So you end up with a lot of focusing. You end up with a lot of uh, sweating. You know, there, there's a whole bunch of different stuff that always comes out during these events. Yep. That is, that is more than fair enough. Um, and look, they made changes to this event. You st historically, you used to get a bounty account and you'd be bounty player one, two, three, four type of thing. And um, but now you can use your own account. I find that better because you don't have people going. I've never played the Ohio at tier ten, or I've never played the Kamikaze. And they just take out ships that they may not be experienced at, and they they throw it for their team because that, that that was something that used to frustrate me when I had bounties on my team or the other team where when they'd be in a strong ship and they just press W and they'd be first dead. 
So I, I think they've done a lot better this time. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the bounty event. Um, you can get in-game progress achievements of bounty, like complete the bounty, bounty hunter type thing. So those are pretty cool as well. So yeah, I, I actually think it's pretty good. The rewards probably aren't as good as the old ones when they used to come out. They used to get it used to be 500 dubs and it got reduced to 250 or something like that but um or then 100 or something but the dubs used to be really nice but i don't think they do dubs anymore unfortunately because that used to people used to probably um sink drop or do these other nefarious things to let their clan mates farm those doubloons yeah i i know that the 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 re the rewards have have definitely cut off and i think a lot of it was that and but also, I, I believe it's also because they're widening the scope of uh, the bounties. There's a lot more bounties going around. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing at least one to two bounties per game um, that I've been seeing. So I've you been know, seeing it's, them it's, always on my team. I never see... I've only had one bounty on the other team. I once had three other bounties, including myself. So four on one team and none on the other. And people were just complaining about... Uh, Matchmaker, but Matchmaker doesn't take bounties into account. Yeah, definitely. It, it, I mean, I think that that would be, I think that it would be good if it took bounties into account, you know, kind of give them like a carrier rule two per team, stuff like that. Yeah. But that's also a lot of work for an event that comes out not all that regularly. You know? Twice a year, so. usually this time in Thanksgiving, they usually have the turkey one. I wouldn't mind seeing it more often now that they've... Oh, I wouldn't either. Um, so they've done a few things now. But yeah, the bounty event, it's on. It's on to the end of the 4th of Feb, so you've got one more day, so... By the time you listen to this, for some folk, it might be already over. Um, I really haven't checked if it's on other servers. I'm pretty sure it is. They've made it more global now, but I definitely know it was something that used to be very unique to the NA folk alone, but it, had, it does go across all servers now. So that is a great inclusion. Now, patch 13.1. As I said, I'm expecting it to end this week. So it'll probably be the last week to buy those Santa containers if anyone is going to whale for anything, a mega whale. It's a lot of money still, but um, if, if you're like Captain Green and own every premium vessel in the game and you buy these containers, it's a good source of getting steel. Um, otherwise you can get some good premium time and other resources and ships so that will go and probably the last couple days to complete the dockyard so the mission chains are gone but if you're up to the final state if you've completed all the stages and you want to purchase the michelangelo um, this would be your last week that you can do that before the dockyard is probably removed in 13.1 i could be wrong i haven't seen the pre-patch notes but they will remove it eventually. Now, this is my opinion. If you're looking at the Michelangelo and you've completed all the combat missions, spend your doubloons. I don't think she's that great a boat. Um, she can be a meme. She can be fun, yes, if you're looking for that alone. But if, if you're looking for a serious OP boat, this is not the boat for you. Did you get to play a little bit of a greenie? What are your thoughts on the Michelangelo in the end? Uh, no, I, I I don't have the gold, so <laughs> I uh, I couldn't buy the the stages to get the ship. I've been seeing them in randoms though. Uh, it seems exactly what you said. It seems very much like a fun ship, like a 
hee hee ha ha hoo hoo meme ship. I don't think it's going to be as prevalent and competitive like Napoli. No, the, the, um, the gun turrets don't favor it. No, yeah, that that's the 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 arcs are just terrible. Mm. Um, but I, I do think that it is very much a fun ship for randoms. Yep, I, I don't disagree there. But is it worth the balloons? Um, buyer beware, it's up to you. Um, I, I don't think it's worth in the money. You'll probably get it in the Santa Cruz or something for a lot less the following year. So leave it up to you if you want the boat for the experience. But yeah, don't rush out there and get it. Uh, like yeah, if. If you're somebody who plays the game every day and, you know, just completed the dockyard missions without even trying, and then, you know, you get to the end and you're like, oh, do I spend like the, what is it, two and a half thousand doubloons to get it? Definitely. You know, I, I would say at that point, it's definitely worth it. It's a tier nine premium. It's a fun boat. But yeah, if you're halfway through and you're looking at like 20,000 doubloons to complete it, no. no I, I do would, that. I would put this out of the, Best to worst dockyard vessels. I would put this one nearly at second last, just above the Marlborough. Yikes. Like, I, I'd rather take the Dyson, the Heisen, and all the other I's and E's and E's and of the Zuma gun configuration above the Michelangelo. Yikes. I, I wouldn't put it down that low. Um, I, I still think, like, the Dyson is pretty bad i still think yeah the, but we, we we know your opinion of japanese of battleships well again you 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 think you're getting a battleship and then you just get a long negato at tier nine you know at least you know with this i i i don't think anybody looked at michelangelo and went yeah that's a competitive ship that i'm gonna go and do well in i don't think anybody looked at they looked at two turrets midship. it's funny Oh, sap secondaries. It's 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 a Napoli. This is incredible. You know, I don't think anybody was seriously thinking that this ship was going to be game breaking. I think that it's introduces a new mechanic with those centerline turrets and those kind of amidships turret. It's, it, it, it's unique. That's that's what it is to me. It's not game breaking, but it's unique. Oh, speaking of unique, before I go into the next agenda topic, ranked. I've played ranked this week. I made silver promos and into silver with nothing but the Tiger 59. I'm rocking above a 58% win rate and over 60,000 average damage and over about 1.2 to 1.4 kills per game in my Tiger 59. The funniest moment, though, is I had one game that there were three Tiger 59s in ranked, one on me and two on the other team. So um, I've saved my star a lot. It's, it is a glass cannon. You really have to be careful about its positioning but you've got to be aggressive that you can take out dds cruisers and bbs so it's it's aggressive careful positioning if that makes sense um but it it, it is been a fun and interesting boat and i will continue that grind in silver with nothing but the tiger 59 to get more of that yummy yummy steel yeah because you need it right I do, I do. And yeah. look, I'm taking the Tiger 59 because it, it, it is a challenge. Like next ranked sprint, maybe I'll open up. We should open up a poll of what boat I should um, take out of tier 8. Not CV or sub, but like um, how many times do you see like Cheshire's or Nottingham's? Um, I'm sure that there's a, a, a plethora of underwhelming boats that could be included into rank. The Albemarle, like, 
Um, I was going to say, I think the only time I see those ships is when I play them as a joke. You know, I, it, you don't see those very, very often. No, no. And I, I wish the Baltimore had a heel at tier 8. That, that, that is the one crime in this game. The US Heavy Cruisers, um, Baltimore uh, doesn't get a heel. I could not agree more. Before we got this influx of, of tier 8 cruisers, Baltimore was my favorite tier nine or tier eight mm-hmm. um cruiser in the entire game i love baltimore i played it during the first tier eight season um it is such a good boat and i still think it's one of it, it's at least in my top three of favorite tech tree tier nine hey, uh, tier eight i was so used to it at tier nine that when i went down to tier eight and i'd take a hit or something i'm, I'm going i'm mashing oh, i don't get a heal anymore i was so used to it and um i, I just think some some of these heavy cruisers that came out in the early days could look at getting a consumable. I'm looking mainly at the the Megami. I think is actually fine, believe it or not, because she's designed as a kiter and at range. But things like the Hipper and the Baltimore, I think, would benefit from a standard heel. No, I agree a hundred percent. I and I I very much agree that a lot of the heavier kind of contesting ships could benefit immensely from it like baltimore because you know then you can play in a little bit more you can use uh you can play islands you can play uh off your radar you can do a whole bunch of different stuff like that if you had a heal um and and, but no you hit the nail on the head magami doesn't need a heal i don't need the the he slinger at like 18 kilometers to be more <laughs> survivable the amalfi which is italians i think it gets two or three it, it gets a heal the, it seems like every ship that comes out is just getting a heal at, at tier eight and it's like a quirk of the line yeah shapiev doesn't get a heal and but that, that the, the radar's a bit of a misnomer early on i don't think you should go in with the radar even though it's 12k because you put yourself in a poor position well you, you can't use that as a rule of thumb every game it depends if you're getting smoke or your div mates um and other things um before i move on to the next topic on the agenda i just want to bring out something i was personally wrong about um yeah, I, I know. I know this is hard, uh, hard to believe. My, my wife never hears. So I apologise for anything. So th- this is always news to her as well. But how to say this? The US support CVs. I was wrong on the way people would engage in the smoke consumables in random and ranked. People are laying CV players not in div are looking out for their dds and cruisers and smoking them up quite effectively and their own hulls late game when they're getting farmed and they want to farm for another two minutes to extend the game but i was wrong i thought it would only be powerful in the division but no i've seen it quite well used in random and ranked games as well so kudos out there to those random players um that are playing the yorktown and essex quite nicely Yeah, I am incredibly surprised by that too. Uh, I would literally just use it to just stuff div mates, you know, <laughs> in, into places and stuff. But um, it, it, I, it is very broken. Like in competitive CVs, come back. Like the strike potential of the Essex is nothing to be 
maligned either and having instant smoke for cruisers or something it's such an advantageous asset would not agree more we were just discussing this um because somebody in the box discord opened their mouth and said the forbidden sentence uh which is i wish cvs were in clan battles uh, oh so my god started... I, did you kick them from the clan i muted them CVs and submarines uh, are unemployed for a good reason. Let, let's continue their welfare payments as it stands. Well, I, I agree that, but the the thing is, so initially when these hybrid, when these alternate carriers were announced, right? What mm. was the main caveat? They're not going to have the strike potential of the mainline carriers. They're going to be more team oriented. I, I, I beg to differ. The strike on some of these is pretty it's potent. insane. It's insane for these. Mind you, we've only seen the US ones. Like, the, the mines, I reckon they've got a tweak now because they're, they're going to have a long deployment zone before the mines became active. But once the Japanese ones come out... Um, it, we keep we keep hearing about the mines and then we keep hearing, <laughs> the, oh, hey, you know, they're not coming out. So I, I think that the very much that the mines just keep going in and out and in and out and in and out of testing. Yep, yep. So. Now we we are in February. We would we were not promised, but they said that they were looking at solutions for CV and surface ship interaction, and they might have a solution by February. I, I haven't forgotten about that. Now I was very key on that because they talked about ways that they could improve the interaction, but they were testing all of these things, so it may or may not make production. But they they did say they would give us an update, so. I, I will be maintaining that because we, we the next topic is submarines. They also said they were going to improve the interaction with them. Boy, oh boy, do we have some discussions about submarines. Um, this Now, th this dev blog came out. It's coming for 13.2, which will be the March drop. Now, these are my favorite broken class. I lost a game to it last night because of the effing sub. Hmm, favorite broken class submarine update. So this is dev blog. It may or may not. It probably come to pass. Um, they may or may not change it. But let, we're going to discuss each of the points now. First one now, Greeny. We are going to love this uh, dynamic torpedoes. Now all submarine torpedoes will deal reduced damage within the first few kilometers traveled for the first. 2.9 kilometers, they will only deal 10% of damage. While from, now get this right, 2.9 to 3 kilometers, so 100 meters, they will scale up to 100%. Avoiding, oh <laughs> avoiding scenarios where a single meter difference could result in drastically different damage. Due to the minimal damage at point-blank ranges, arming distances for alternate submarine torpedoes will be reduced approximately 400 metres, similar to homing torpedoes. This change will make close-range shotgun attacks harder to execute, while rewarding ships with depth charges in close combat engagements against submarines. Now, first off, I'm going... That's In the end, though, that's probably a... a a good change so the sub's going to be about outside 3k so i can't get back to you at point blank so unless you're a slow ass moving bb you might be able to avoid that shotgun potentially um i thought shotgunning didn't happen though um 
I'm just opening the floor to you, Greeny. Well, what do you think about that? Why? Like, it's... Ugh. This is, like, the one way that they could I- implement this. That it, <sighs> Board gaming? You, you make a game I enjoy? You donate to a whole bunch of historical, you know, stuff? I'm cool with you. I like you. It, 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 this decision with the dynamic torpedoes feels like they were all in a board meeting, and they're like, yeah... How can we make this as needlessly complicated and as stupid as possible? And then, like, what? the last 100 meters for the warm-up, I don't understand why that has to be where, where all of the, the scale-up is. Well, that, that's, that's an interesting range, because if the ship's pushing into the sub, that, sh- that range will go less. But if the ship's moving away, so if you launch them at 2.7 and they get yeah, there just at 3... You're disengaging, but you're going to cop 100% of the damage then. Yeah, you're disengaging. You know, say you're, you're running away, a sub's pushing into you in a cap. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. You're disengaging in a destroyer. You know, you don't, you don't have any way to interact with the sub unless you run over them, and you can't run over them because there's a whole bunch of spotting behind them. Oh, good. You know, I'm, I'm two kilometers away from him. He launched his torpedo. Uh, you know, uh, okay, that's good. You know, I'm, I'm in that arming distance. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm only going to take 10% of the damage. But by the time the torpedoes get to you, they go on like 3.1, 3.2, 3.3, and then you just get lampooned. Like, Look, uh, in, in the end... I, I think it could go up a little bit longer from three kilometers. Now, th- this is going to hurt me, and, and I know I'm going to get hate in, in the comments <laughs> for this, but here we go. I can kind of understand why it's three kilometers. I can kind of understand why it's three kilometers, because if you are getting rushed by a destroyer in a submarine, and you are isolated, you need to shotgun that destroyer. Nine times out of ten, you don't have another way of interacting with that destroyer. Under 2.9, only 10%, even if you hit with one or two torps, that that could be two or 3,000 against a 20,000 hit point DD. that's, That's pretty extreme as well. Yeah. So it, I just you know, I just understand what I'm trying to get at is I understand where the arming distance is in five kilometers because again it, you don't want to just ha- oh hey I'm on the surface I'm recharging my battery I'm on the other side of the map there shouldn't be anything oh there's a random Chima what is he doing here oh he's launching twenty Ks at everything on the other side of the map and he thinks he's safe over here I, I, oh I, he's I, within four kilometers of me and my torps do ten percent damage up to five kilometers this sucks I'm gonna just straight up lose this you know I I understand why it's three kilometers, but A, I wish it was like four or something. No, no, I was, was going to say, I, I, I don't think this actual change is good at all. I don't have a better one. Um, not the increasing the range, but when you brought up um, submarine shotgunning, that, that is one of their pure defenses against DDs in close. Imagine being in the sub, which you, you've done, and you've, you're hydroed, and they're, they're, you're deep, so they're 1.9Ks within your range. If you've got to engage with them to avoid their depth charges, and you, all you've got is shotgunning with your um, higher damage acoustic torps, um, if they're under that 3Ks, you're only going to do minimal damage. And I, I don't think that's a that, great that return is... for a skilled player taking on an, another semi-skilled, skilled, or novice player, regardless of their skill level. But if you put in the risk to your hydrate, your lit, you surface to fire your tops, you should be able to punish that vessel. 
and to say now that's three Ks, I, I I don't think that that's right. I it's kind of a straight up nerf to everything that isn't a U four five zero one, because U four five zero one always has the get out of jail free. I'm going to go to max depth and be a clever. <laughs> you know, it has that disengage. Yeah. Something plodding along, like, actually, this is a poor example because I can't remember the last time I've seen one, but what's that tier 10 British sub in Alliance? Uh, Thresher. Tier 8 to yeah. premium, um, the Alliance. Oh, sorry. They, they all just blend the same to me. But because, uh, again, you just don't see them. But, you know, you, you run into a, a, a Thresher, you run into a, a Gato, you run into, like, all of these submarines that do not have the get out of jail free car that you, that the U4501 have i really think that this just hurts them because again if they get if granted you know a, a lot of dominoes have to fall into place but i i have always been a proponent of having a chance in every situation i i, I agree cost. look i don't like so, subs i i sorry to speak over you um, I do not like subs, but I don't want them nerfed into the ground where in close they can't defend themselves. Well, yeah, because again, something crip walks at me and I'm isolated. I have no point of defense Un- unless I'm an I-56 or whatever and I surface and I run out the guns. You know, that, I don't that, have that's secondary. Yeah, I don't really have anything I can do to interact positively what, in that what situation. Will, what will that do for the I-56? Because that, that's a pretty much unique shotgunning kind of sub, isn't it? Um, you've got to be on the surface. And so this this change will really impact even the I-56. But look, uh, it's nice to see that they're trying to address shotgunning. Um, it hasn't happened as much to me lately. Uh, I've I've had it a few times. I decided to play G. I decided to play GK in 2024 a few weeks ago, and uh, a, a Gato just blew me in half. Oh, the amount of Gatos! But, that is one of the most procured steel vessels I think out there. That and the U4501 yeah. are, are nearly a lot of T10 games. Yeah, it's not even uh, the the German Type Nine or whatever their tier 10 is or the American one anymore. It's the, it's the premium destroyers that everybody's are uh, running. Yep. Anyway, that, that, that change will be interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll keep a tab on that one. Now the ping indicator improvements. So when the submarine pings, you get a visible indicator on the water surface. Now a direction indicator will be improved, giving players an approximate direction of travel of the submarine at the time of pinging. That's pretty good. Sometimes I've got to wait for a second ping to work out if the sub's moving. So if they don't ping twice, it's very hard to gauge which way they're going, even if you've got that little red dot or something. Um, I, I think that's a helpful change. It might be too strong in the end, um, but we'll see how that one goes. What do you think about it? I think that it is incredibly good because one of the things that I, I've consistently complained about is yes, that pings on the surface. Yes, it's a really good indicator. It doesn't give any bearing, any anything, you know? Yep. 
So I, I think that it's really good that they're rehashing that. I actually like the, this this next one too. Yeah, before um, before I go into the next one, one thing I wish they would add, I'm going to add my feedback again. Um, I was in a game this week and I had a sub on my tail and I sunk him in the end or my div mate did when I had him on fire, but that's, that's a secured kill to Giuseppe. Thank you for that. Um, but it's it's very difficult to i've got to lock my guns onto one side to go into airstrike mode especially for the asw ones um to drop depth charges because if you don't your main battery turrets rotate with your vessel now if you don't know you can lock your turrets where they're looking via control x and then you've got to remember to unlock them via control x but if you don't lock them if you're looking to the port side of a BB, which is to your left, and the subs behind you to the right, and you rotate to drop. Whilst you're doing that drop, your gun turrets rotate to ASW as well, and I find that highly annoying that that does that, because torpedoes don't do that. You could have your guns looking one way, or do they? Your torpedoes, do they make your gun turrets traverse as well? I don't believe so. I'll have to check that, but I, that that is a change I would like to see in ASW for quality of life. But that's just me. But the next one you mentioned, Greeny, um, if you want to go through it, yeah. So the next one we have underwater t uh, terrain visibility. Um, essentially, it is the uh, hydrophone will also display underwater terrain. Uh, I have seen a whole bunch of players and a whole bunch of. Um, uh, submarines bump into stuff underground because you know <laughs> hey they didn't see it hey they you know something you know it just wasn't clear and oh, well, welcome, I, I think when welcome. you have people fumbling around in the dark i don't think it's good for anybody welcome to surface ship world when you go near an island that you've got you can fit a destroyer between you and the island but you can't move because you're beached <laughs> they're very true but again they're, they're moving to address that which yeah. i i think is very nice Oh, look, I, I think so. There'd be no, nothing worse than being in a sub and you're going, I'm beached and I can't see. Well, it'd be an absolute frustrating mechanic, especially when you're playing in some of the channels because they, they made it very narrow for submarines to traverse through some of these areas. So I think that that is a good quality of life change for them. Yeah, I, I very much agree. Now, we discussed this one last week because that was announced as well. The improved submarine proximity alert. I, I reckon remove that. I love when submarines can't see one another. They've got a consumable at Tier 8 and Tier 10. Most of them do, um, that they can spot one another. Let them use that. Like, they don't get a proximity when to ram. Um, that, that's, that still brings a smile to my face. So I reckon that change should not go ahead for my enjoyment factor. But I, I'm pretty sure I'll be on the margins on that. <laughs> no i very much agree i think that it's funny when you have two submarines bump into each other. i saw it happen today it was really funny <laughs> and it's like both teams go yay look submarines. Yeah, everybody's like yay the marines are not enjoyed by a lot of people according to the chat in game i i don't look except for the submarine enjoys um, it is what it is um, submarine upgrade changes, so as a part of the improvements and overhaul to submarine mechanics, several changes will be made to submarine upgrades. So the submarine steering gear mod 3 will be removed from the game entirely. 
Um, damage control system mod 1 and torpedo lookout system will be removed from submarines but will remain as an option for other ship classes. Sonar mod 2 will be removed from slot 3 to slot 2. So all the above mentioned upgrades that are mounted on submarines at the moment of the upgrade release will be demounted at no cost, removed from players' accounts and compensation issued according to their full prices. So if you're really sneaky and they're on sale, you just buy lots of them for your sub and um, get the full credit back. Um, <laughs> for every instance of Sonar mod 2 stored in players' inventory, you get a quarter of a million credits. And submarine steering gear mod 3 will be removed from the players inventory and players will receive a full compensations now but they don't say why they're removing it um, i i understand they're probably too strong on things like u4501 where they can turn on a dime underwater um but you know it, i i like that they're making the changes but i would like to understand the rationale behind these changes no, uh, I, I I very much agree. Um, I know that it, it's very good that we're seeing these changes because again, the, these are changes that I think you and I were both kind of like, eh, I don't I don't know how this is going to end up turning out. Um, but I I think that it's good that we're seeing these overall sub improvements, and I and I would call them improvements. Yeah. Um, especially for the these first few changes here, but yeah, these the removal of some of these steering gear mods and 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 mods and stuff it, it, i i don't know why i mean i'm i'm kind of stalling right now because i've been trying to boot the client for the last 30 minutes but i haven't updated it so fair enough it uh won't open but i i think if i remember correctly um damn it so steering gears modification Three is the spicy one that affects a ship surfacing and submerging, right? Yes. Just overall tuning depth. Yeah, see, that is a really good one that I, I think is ran by a lot of submarines exclusively. But, but if, so. if, you, if you scroll down and read, we haven't got there yet. I want to the points something else, but I'll go there quickly. So wow. additional upgrade changes. Submarine steering gear mod 2 is being renamed to submarine steering gears. Its parameters will be changed to following rudder shift time is minus 50% and depth plane shift time is minus 50%. So that, it sounds like that's a buff between yeah. the two and the three. So they're not losing that's at fair. all. And that, that way they don't have to run both mods either. That uh, but, is fair because you do have some very, uh, some other very powerful mods in uh, that yeah. last spot there. Yep. Um, additionally, all all players will be granted a global 100% discount on demounting upgrades for a week with the release of 13.2. Now, that's under submarine upgrade changes. I, I hope that's to all ships. It doesn't say, just says all players will be granted a global. Global tells me all ships on demounting upgrades. So that will be interesting um, because, yeah, even though you, you, they're removing upgrades that... Removed from the game and you get credits, you may want to change your build entirely. So, I, th I think that's a good change. Um, we got a couple new upgrades for submarines. So, damage control system mod three slot two reduces damage from fire and floods by five percent. Torpedo tube mod three and slot five increased torpedo damage by seven percent. 
and submarine compartment reinforcement slot 5 reduced damage received to a submarine from depth charges by 15% a greenie what do you think about those new three upgrades mm. uh, uh. so we have in a uh, uh, straight upgrade so rough yeah, seven percent upgrade, almost a ten percent upgrade on. It's it's damage. it's slot five, and so but yeah, got, and same with the reinforcement, so you can do more damage or live longer. That fifteen percent, uh, that that's pretty big. That is massive, and I think that that is going to be the go-to, and I think that that is going to directly just be a massive buff to submarines in terms of their survivability. I, I think so, considering when you do depth charges, you get a lot of spot splash damage ones and so forth. Um, it, it's really the dots that you hope so to get on the sub. So if the sub can manage their DCP, um, and now that you get the slot to reduce damage from foreign floods by 5%, it sounds like these three changes, especially the first and the third one, make survivable, survivable makes submarines a lot more survivable. Yeah. Uh, look, interesting times. Uh, they were also including two special upgrades for submarines in the Armory. Reserve Battery Unit, Mod 1, Slot 2, so consumables action time goes for extra 20%. And the Submarine Surveillance Mod 1 in Slot 3, consumable preparation reload time is 20% quicker. This special upgrade will also be available for surface ships which have access to the consumable. So if, if you like waging war upon your opponent, opponent submarine, this one will let you mean that you can use consumable 20% quicker upon reload once you've used it. I think that's a good one for those that like to the theoretically partake in what's called teamwork. Don't know how effective that would be because I still see submarines at tier 10 sailing to, into seven enemy ships, um, surface, blow a load, die, and then go, thanks team for not supporting my push. That's my favorite thing in the world when that happens. Not when it's your I team. I love that. Not when, and then after the game, the enemy U4501 gets a 3.7k base XP game because he just sat there and farmed. Well, no, I usually get the DMs from the guy who, you know, the, the destroyer that ran in and got his head blown off telling me um, that I need to be more respectful and be more team-oriented. And the, those, we have a special channel on the Vox Discord for people who make jokes of himself like that oh i used to i used to see that channel. i miss that channel Good um, channel balance changes so these are the last couple sub ones um in parallel with dressing issues with subs one of our goals was to maintain the same level of effectiveness for the ship class now this one's another controversial one like the dynamic talk for me balance changes have been applied to all standard torpedoes and to acoustic torpedoes of the researchable British submarine in tech trees, the damage of alternative torpedoes has been increased by 15% and that of the British acoustic torp by 5%. That, that's, that's a pretty big buff. The range of... The, sorry, go. 
No, I was going to say it is, but I'm pretty sure one of the caveats of um, the, the British, the British, British old British ones, there's just shit. no damage to begin with. On yeah, they're, they're so short range and slow. Um, you, that's why you use the acoustic because you can ping, and they you, by the time one set gets there, you've got another two out, out on the way. Uh, exactly. the, the range of the old t torpedoes found on the German tech, tech tree line um, was increased to allow for use outside of close range engagement. So they're potentially nerfing shotgunning, but so they're increasing the range to use them. So I, I think that's okay. Um, German submarine U190 at tier 8. So the stock alternative torp range increased from 5.5 to 7 kilometers and a researchable alternative from 6.3 to 7.5. Thoughts on that? When something's at periscope and they can torp you blindly greeny in a stationary BB at 7.5 kilometers? Uh, yes. The natural environment for me as a so, battleship player. A new, a new shotgun from range? Yeah, I mean we're we're getting yeah we're getting some increased range on these initial shotgunning torpedoes, which I don't really. You can't know how you, I feel you, about. Yeah, you can't shotgun anymore. I I do understand. I do truly understand. That's what they're trying to remove. But by removing shotgunning, um, they're. they're still going to get it just outside of 3k and the, the submarine player will be more they're, they're going to go for if you're a worcester or something you know you're lit and you, even though you should be dark because you can't see anything that's loading you just have to assume there's a submarine there he's, he's going to blow your brains out at 5ks or something so it, it's going to take new awareness of what's in the game what you haven't seen etc etc so well I, I do appreciate they're making the effort to address these things, but I, I'll have to wait to see how my experience is. And please, if 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 you have a positive or negative interaction with submarines, do share them via DMs. We love submarine interaction. Yes, we do. We love we love the drama around it. Um, content edition for thirteen point two. We get a black cat flag. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a pretty cool looking flag. It is. Like, it is. It is. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. Look, there's a lot coming out thirty point two. There's there's a range of more premium ships. I swear we're gonna end up with more premium ships and tech tree ships at the moment. So we've got the new French cruise of the month, calm calming boat at tier six. So it is based off a La Galissonnière class like cruiser. So she will have. Um, low hit points at 24,800, 16 mil plating, fire duration 30 seconds standard for a light cruiser. She does have, was it 3x3, 152 millimeter guns at 18 kilometers because of her hit points, at, she's going to be a long range HE slinger for me. And she does get an MBRB hydro defensive AA in oh, she gets hydro def AA in slot two and DCP, so no heal. Um, and decent enough AA for what it is, a tier 6 and torpedoes. They're the standard Frenchies, but they only go to 6k and not 8 or 9k, as sometimes you see at those ones. So, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm glad they're still releasing premiums, but tier 6 nearly feels like what tier 2, 3, and 4 used to. I, I don't go down to T6 anymore unless it's for a research bureau grind. 
No, I'm I'm very much in the same boat. Uh, I'm happy because I love the Legata Sonier. I love the Degrasse. I I love those tier six HE farming French cruisers. So I get another one. I'm very happy. Um, she's a great looking boat, yeah, and it, she's got it, a history behind her. But um, sorry, I cut you off. No, but uh, you you hit the nail on the head. Like, why would I go down and play tier six? I barely want to play tier seven. What? Like what is drawing me down to 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 tier six, and I, I can't really yeah. There's nothing. Maybe maybe if we had a ranked season starting off at six, I think we did in bronze. So that'd be the only time I'd look at these boats. Um, same with the next one, the British cruiser, the Orion forty four tier six, uh, a Leander class light cruiser, which I love. Leander, um, she has more hit points, but twenty seven thousand nine hundred. She gets an engine boost. A hydro specialized repair team um so that's the that's the improved one because she gets 558 hit points per second over 20 seconds so it does not get a smoke so that is that is very different for leander um you know but open water leander mm, mm, thoughts yeah it's a death sentence. Unless you know how to swing those British hulls around, it's a death sentence. How many times do you see people just sail broadside in the game? Broadside, best I've, side. I've known... Uh, I, Leanders are so fragile, I've detonated them, or I've full, you know, nine citadel them in La Galassonniere. Like, you you can just run these ships for their yeah, life. Yeah, even the T5 or T6 BB needs just one lucky RNG shell to sit you. Now, I, I love, I love, I'm going to read this last paragraph for the Orion 44. Look, I love the Leander. I love British light cruisers. I, Exeter, she had 203, so not a light cruiser, but she was an interesting boat. But so let's go through this. In terms of consumables, the Orion 44 will be geared for the open waters. Specialized repair teams will allow her to recover heavy damage, while engine boost and hydroacoustic search will allow her to juke enemy fire and dodge enemy torpedoes, only if they were on 24-7. Note that unlike her sister ship, the Leander, Orion 44 will not have access to smoke generator. And this is the best bit. And due to her low hit points, weak armor, and poor turret angles, captains will need to be careful when engaging in skirmish against enemy battleships and enemy crashes. They're going to need to be uh, careful when they're engaging anything. <laughs> You can behead a Mahan. You can these things can get beheaded by a Mahan. I, I love the marketing. Upsell at first, great for open waters. Great, you get a super. And then, and then at the end, it's it's oh my god. You, 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 you can, have those infomercials in, yeah, in Australia we do, we where do. it's like, oh, here's this pill. It'll solve all of your issues. And it cause death, cancer, AIDS, like low well, sperm count, like love... everything. So it's, it's just like that. You get to the end, and it's yeah. By the way, this is horrible. Yeah, they go. Um, you get the super heal then while engine boost and hydro search will allow you to juke enemy fire and dodge enemy torpedoes but disclaimer at the end due to low hit point weak armor and poor turret angles captains will <laughs> be careful when engaging a skirmish against enemy battleships and heavy cruisers you've been <laughs> that's like something they say at the end of the infomercial really quickly yeah yeah it's like when the old couple sitting in the bathtub staring off at the sunset it's like <sighs> this could make your balls explode <laughs> ah! why why? Oh. Why, why does a pill that treats, you know, 
my my hair loss. Why does it have all these side effects? Look, why I, would I want it? I, I love French and British cruises. At the moment, the Montcalm is more interesting. I, look, I, I would I would play the Orion Forty Four as a meme, but I, at the moment, the Tiger Fifty Nine is more appealing, even with its limited ability. This this thing sounds like um, it, it, they've thrown consumables on it that the the ship line wasn't designed to have. Like it's always had hydro, but a speed boost instead of smoke. You've got AP only. There's no HE, so you can't. You're not going to be a kiting Leander. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, we'll see how that one pans out. Um, I know how it's going to pan out. It's gonna. It's gonna go right up on the wall in my hunting room. Have you got the dev blog open for five ten? I'll let you go through the next one. Nope. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, I'll go through the British Sorry. battleship Rodney at T seven. Oh, this yeah. one's interesting. I thought we already had a Rodney, or did I um, get that we wrong? Do not. We have a Collingwood and we have a Nelson. Um, those are both... Oh, I think of Renowns, yeah. Yeah, you might be. But Collingwood is an upgunned version of, of the, the Rodney and the Nelson. And then we have the Nelson already. And we're gonna be getting yep. the Rodney here soon. So it's it's gonna be available for testing in thirteen point two. It's gonna be called Rodney, and sometimes you might see one called the Duke of Bronte, which will be a Rodney in all designs and purposes, but they're testing different mechanics on it. So um it's joining a sister ship Nelson. They say that um she is designed for close quarters, so She's got a main battery. Rodney will be equipped with turning torpedoes. I don't really think they're turning torpedoes. It's just a mechanic uh, animation. The torpedoes don't turn after you launch them. As found on the British battleship line, uh, these will have a short reload with very wide launching angles. I've seen Yahagi torp angles. How wide is wide? And deal very high damage for the ship tier. But she can only launch one torpedo per side. So for consumables, Rodney will be equipped with fast reloading repair party with her low base speed, maybe improved by her engine boost. Now, she's a sister ship to the Nelson. If you've got the Nelson, um, you know she's kind of weak in the front nose cheeks. Um, the Rodney's only going to get... Everywhere. Yeah. It's weak everywhere. So they're designing a CQE enclosed torpedo high damage British BB... That's weak in armor. Look, not, yep. saying, not saying you won't get opportunities to take it in mid-late game when you're one-on-one, -on -one, but it, her starting position shouldn't be to use those abilities. They're, they're a pick-and-choose moment. Um, look, her reload for her guns, 406 millimeters, 18 kilometers, says Sigma 180, which is okay. She's 2247 dispersion, but 18Ks, T 7 DCP repair party, semi super healed, it's only 314 um, per second for 28, four charges, engine boost. I'd love if they actually told us what how much citadel damage this would repair for the Rodney. Um, engine I, I boost. Think it's, I, I think it's going to be a. I don't mean to cut in here. No, go but ahead. But I am going to cut in here. This thing is going to be very, very interesting. It's either going to be stillborn or it's going to be cracked. Um, I don't think that this thing's going to come out and be mediocre. Um, this ship has it's been occupying my mind here for a bit recently, and, and it mainly boils down to a few different factors. One that we've spoken about that I'll speak about now is the fact that 
this is a Nelson Hull mm -hmm. with, from what I've read, basically just Nelson plating. So don't get me wrong. For those of you who don't know, if you live under a rock or something, Nelson is an incredibly famous and incredibly fun Tier 7 battleship. Um, it's got a great heel. It's got nice guns. Um, it, it has no armor. And, no and you're armor. probably sitting there thinking, oh, you know, it just has a weak belt or, you know, a weak mm, upper belt. No, no it, it, it has – it had battlecruiser plating before battlecruiser plating was a thing. And it, it, the thing with is, it being it, at tier sorry, seven, I was just going to say just one more quick thing. With it being at tier seven, that means that it, it's always going to be in battles with battleships that overmatch it. Yes, because a lot of the tier sevens and the tier eights that it fights, and even the tier nines. Hey, hell, the, the tier sixes can smack through its nose, even yeah. at like twelve k's. Like this thing cannot nose in. It can't arse in because it's got a flat booty as well. So you, you can you can wreck it as well it, it's it's got issues uh the nelson when it came out if you position well behind islands and you hate the nelson he chance was ridiculous early on um and the ap is quite nice but for t7 british battleship a reload time for 30 seconds for a main guns i think that's a little high start this is a work in progress these are all subject to change um personally I know that 406s are going to hit pretty hard, but but due to a range 18, she's going to be cruisers are going to outrange her nearly. She doesn't get a spotter aircraft. I, I would like to see that reload maybe about 28 seconds, 27 seconds to make it. If if you're pushing in to engage, you, you get your best bang for buck. That is me. That's my opinion. Um, you get two by one port torpedo tubes. They go to 10k's. They reload stock. Mister Reload. Forty seconds quick enough um they do 30,000 damage per torpedo 29,367 and um 1.7k detect and they go at 67 knots in close if you're going for a drive-by you don't want to drive by this thing this thing's torpedoes will kill you if i remember correctly it's basically stv torps yeah so they will behead you. If you don't have a belt, you're eating like, what is it, 26,000 damage? Yes, look, she doesn't have a great hit point pool, 62,900 for a tier 7. Her stock concealment is at surface is 14.8. Excuse me, I had to cough. You don't get the concealment expert because you're tier 7, so you only get the captain one. So you're going down 1.5 kilometers, so 13.3. You know, that, that's not a great engagement envelope to 18k max range guns. Um, yeah. You don't see many Nelsons. It's not because... It's not because it's not available anymore. I just think people know how to wreck it, if that makes sense. And I, I you don't see many Collingwoods out there either. It doesn't get a super heal and so forth. Um, they are literally glass cannons that you truly have to keep at range. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how this would pan out. But the only close quarter expert, in the blurb it says, they, they give the history, which is wonderful. Uh, they say they've designed it as a CQE type of boat, but the actual CQE weapons are stocked 5.6 kilometres, which is most of your CQE is your torps. I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know. That, that is your main standoff. Uh, you don't have good secondaries. You don't have good plating, so you're not survivable. Um, the one thing that's going to save you on your approach in, and I, I can really only see this being utilized in rushing down isolated or single targets, is going to be your, your health and your heal. Your heal, and yeah. Yeah, get close. And it's tier seven, so you shoot all nine guns, and six of the shells go into the water. Two of them blow up the neighbor's cat, and then, you know, one of them might be a pen for 3k yeah. and then you hit him with a 30,000 damage torpedo like I, I think that's just kind of how this thing's gonna go like your repair party will give you basically about 9,000 uh, healable points per charge you start off with four charges I wouldn't even do the level four one that gives you a fifth I would do the I like taking the third one the repair party one that they changed recently I love that in that if you tank is it 1 million or 2 million? Especially in the BB, I think it's 2 million. You get an extra charge for free. Um, so, I, I like, it, there's no point having five charges if I'm dead after, you know, one charge or two charge. But if I'm having a good solid game, I'm tanking the damage and the damage goes above that 2 million, getting an extra charge is more beneficial then, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I really think this boat has to be played at range if you're looking at getting the rod. Now, this, again, is a work in progress. All these things can change. But looking at the paper now, it, it's it, you're going to have to be very careful with your positioning. You, you don't want to be... Imagine the Masashi just seeing this nose in. It, it's going to absolutely smack it. Even a Congo, if this thing sails broadside because you've only got 26 mil plating, it's going to smack it. Um, it's all about your positioning. This is going to be a tougher boat to play, um, just like the Orion 44. I'm still smiling about that blurb. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Um... Oh, I love this the other thing. thing is that I I don't I don't know if you mentioned it. It gets a Soviet accuracy dispersion, as well. So you keep Ooh. talking about it playing at range, but yeah, that's terrible. Then you got to be at twelve. It's gonna it's gonna have to play at range with hampered dispersion. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Read, 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 listen to this blurb. Thanks to her engine boost, Rodney will be able to get into the action fast. While her fast reloading repair party allows her to tank significant amounts of enemy fire. It's also worth noting that Rodney will be able to recover the increased portion of both regular and citadel damage. That's that's good. Sit damage, that's really good. Captains may end up needing this as her citadel is quite vulnerable to the enemy battle. Oh fire. no. <laughs> I feel like running an infomercial and putting this. Oh, look, you get a brand new battleship. She's awesome. Engine boost, great speed, powerful guns. She has a floating citadel that may remove you from the game and back into queue in another game within two minutes of starting in if you use your engine boost to get into the action quickly. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. I want to see Lord Mobadden to review those paragraphs. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I agree. We could probably get him to do it. If we ask him nicely, just oh, I should ask him if he can make infomercials on the Ryan 44 and the Rodney and do them both at once with those disclaimers. I, I, oh my goodness, yes. I think that would be awesome. Infomercials, infomercials. Like, 
Oh wait, there's more! You get an engine boost on the Orion 44, get into the action quicker, but if you, you know, if you're not cautious, you'll get blown out of the water with your poor turret angles and your big citadel! <laughs> uh, alright, alright. Anyway, Greeny, that's all I had on the agenda this week. Did you have anything to add? Any questions for the week? Um... I didn't, I didn't have one, but I can come up with one here pretty quickly, probably. Uh, um, who, who is Greeny's favorite Bruins player of all time? Nah, that's not fair. No, that's we can go with that. We just had the All Star game. Oh, speaking of which, the, I know you didn't. I know you don't watch hockey all that much. No, because I'm NHL All Star game. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We were nice all episode. I didn't. I didn't insult you all episode about being from a third world country. But here we are. Um, <laughs> the third, they, they this third world these, country actually, produces food that you can't get enough of. Speaking of the third world country, Canada, the um, NHL All Star Games are in Canada. They have celebrity team captains. Um, one of the team captains was Michael Bublé. Do you know who that is? Yes, I do know. He's got a fine mm -hmm. voice. Well, he, he did have a fine voice. Uh, he showed up to the fantasy draft and conducted the fantasy draft high on mushrooms. Like, completely and utterly smacked on mushrooms, which I thought was very funny. Mm -hmm. Is that the typical but, uh, intelligence of the NHL player? No, well, no, that's Michael Bublé and Canadians overall. Mm. Which, yeah, I think that's probably the average Canadian I've only met a few of them, so. But so you get some very famous actors through Hollywood that are Canadian. Like who? Uh, put me on the spot. Wasn't um, no, <laughs> Jim, Jim Carrey was Canadian? Isn't no? Canadian? Yeah. I don't believe you. I think you're lying to me. Aaron Aaron Witt, I think Aaron Welt, something. He he was from like a, you know Blades of Glory. Um, let me, let me, let me read up Jim Carrey. He says he's Canadian-American. So yes, he, he grew up in Canada. Crap. He was I born in Newmarket, are. Canada. Newmarket, that sounds made up. That sounds like the start of a Fallout game. Speaking of Fallout, I've been playing a lot of, um... Starfield lately. Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. Ryan Gosling... Um, <laughs> Michael yeah, J. Fox, like Seth cool. Rogen, Keanu Reeves apparently um, is a Canadian actor born in Beirut and raised in Toronto, so he's Lebanese. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, Michael Sarah, um, Donald Sutherland. Michael Sarah. Sarah. He's a Canadian actor, Donald Sutherland. This is more than a few Canadian actors, more than a few famous ones. All right. Well, speaking of Canadians, uh, I'll get that question of the history question of the week. Tell me how many ships were at were in the Canadian Navy at the beginning of World War II? At the beginning. What class of ships? Because you can go down to a tugboat. There's a, there's a certain oh, tonnage and beyond. Just ships overall. All right. In, in the Canadian Navy. Cool. How many Canadian ships are in the Navy at the commencement of World War II? Awesome. 
All right, sir. Thank you for joining me for this week's wonderful podcast 93. We do have a special guest joining us at episode 100 and I will have some giveaways funded by myself um, for that episode in particular. 100 episodes, so getting to the ton, we expect a letter from the king and all that jazz, but yeah, we'll get one. (laughs) On that note, have a great week in the game, Greenie, and we'll see you next week.